You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast number 472, iPhoto versus Aperture or AN Other. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Hi everyone, Guy is away in Florida, as you can probably guess, because that previous voice doing the title certainly wasn't mine, and it certainly wasn't Guy's. Uh, This week, the wonderful Mr. Bart Bouchotts joins me to talk about, well, everything Mac, Apple, and, you know, perhaps go in depth depth on one or two, uh, one or two subjects, let's hope so anyway. So Bart, are you still with me, or have you left already? No, 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 I'm still here waiting patiently. It, does, does Guy go to Florida a lot? He, he is actually a Florida blonde, so he keeps telling me. Uh, uh, so I presume he was brought up. No, he doesn't really go to Florida well, a lot. I've been on twice, me. right? <laughs> yeah. And the last time I was on it was Guy is re- rested, tanned and ready or something because Guy was just back from Florida. And that's not that long ago. <laughs> no, that's true, actually. That's very true. So... Perhaps it's something I haven't spotted. We've got a trend here, for sure. Yeah, Guy in Florida looks like it's a home from home. Uh, we'll find that out next week. No, but normally normally he's, he doesn't go to Florida. But anyway, anyway. How are you, young sir? Ah, apart from a head cold, I'm fine. I'm not ah. that young anymore, either, which is annoying. Well, just, you know, just, just, just take it. Just take those comments as they come, because they they, they come less and less as you get older. Uh, <laughs> yeah, strange I, I, enough, yeah. I, I, I can vouch for that. Um, <laughs> I've had a busy week. Um, I've done a couple of other podcasts this week, which uh, of recent months has not been my want. I, I was actually on The Big Show over the British Tech Network uh, this last week, which I'm not sure if that's been released yet. And also, hurrah, hurrah, Mike, myself and Eric actually have done a For Mac Eyes Only uh, show, so that will probably be out in the next day or so I, I would think, knowing Mike, he's fairly uh, fairly good at putting the, the shows out relatively quickly and um, that was quite an interesting conversation, so I'll, I'll let you all go out and, you know, if you used to subscribe to that show then uh, you might find a new one uh, appearing in your podcatcher of choice within the next few days. So, uh, yeah, this is kind of almost third on the trot, but not quite, not quite. Getting back to the good old days of podcasting, um, much like yourself, Bart, you used to appear also on lots and lots of podcasts, and uh, I think it's quietened up, but I've got a feeling come September, uh, we might be be hearing a few more podcasts with uh, uh, familiar voices again. Well, hopefully. So I, I took a little bit of a holiday. Um, well, for two reasons. A, I was just a bit burnt out and I wanted a bit of a break. And B, I work in education and summers are when we get to do stuff before all the kiddies show up again. So <laughs> I was actually really busy. Um, so yes, in September, I plan on launching my, pl- yeah, 
two podcasts, so let's talk photography and let's talk Apple, and uh, as you can guess, about photography and about the Mac and stuff, uh, which is interesting that you have me on talking about photography and the Mac and stuff today. It's like a, a it's it's a combo uh, whammy, really, isn't it? You know, it is, get, yeah. Gets you in there. <laughs> and uh, hopefully in September you'll have plenty to talk about. Yes, certainly, so on, the Ma- certainly on the Mac, of course. Yeah, definitely, that will be easy. Assuming this rumoured event is, is going ahead, that will be an easy one to plan. Uh, I had planned to launch the first photography show on the 15th of September, but my baby brother got engaged and we now have a family due on, so the first photography show will actually be in October. But uh, the first Let's Talk Apple will be on the last weekend of September, when we will... The idea being that instead of it being a news show... Because there's loads of those, and I'm never going to yeah. be Ken Ray, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, so the idea is, it's not a show where you get your news, it's a show where people who hopefully know their stuff will sort of have a look back and take the big picture view of the month that was in the world of all things Apple. It's so. difficult, isn't it? Because there are so many podcasts out there. I mean, that's why Guy and I kind of really keep it fairly relaxed and <laughs> com- comedic, as it were, um, because you know we're never going to beat some of those other podcasters out there who give all the news. And uh, I mean, the classic, of course, is Maccast. I mean, that that's kind of the staple diet of podcast listening, isn't it? If you're a Mac, if you're a Mac fan, yeah. And then you've got your daily bits with um, uh, Mac OS Ken, and uh, there are, there are plenty of others, but there are so many out there. So Guy and I kind of keep it, you know, on the um, the friendly basis. Let's put it that way. And I think I think people appreciate it. Well, I hope they do. Well, nobody's shot us yet, so uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that way. <laughs> it's, it's difficult to, to uh, get that level of anger out of a podcast. <laughs> it is really, isn't it? Although you'd be surprised at times. Um, anyway, I've, I've had a, a, a busy week other than those podcasts. Um, I've um, got that GoPro, which I keep going on about. And yes, I did record some time lapse while I was uh, away on oh. holiday with uh, some walking. And I, I think I learnt uh, quite a bit on the first week. Um, I've yet to do some editing and get them ready and uploaded. But as soon as I do, everybody here will, will hear about it. But this week, having my daughter back from Fiji, considering she's been out there eight months... Wow. Having a bat, we, we kind of, I took a holiday on Friday just so, you know, before she disappears down to South Wales and, and, uh, uni. Um, we decided to have a bit of a day out and a picnic on, on Friday. And, um, she would have loved to have had a camera like that to take out with Fiji, of course, because of the blue seas, the turquoise seas and all of the coral that's uh, around on the islands. So yeah. we did, we, but we decided to take uh, the camera with us just you know, so she could mess about with it. And we went to a, uh, a park fairly close to us, um, which is called Castle Ashby. And it's, a you know, one of these typical English stately homes and it's got gardens and we were looking around the gardens and they've got a pond or I suppose you could, you could call it a small lake. But in this pond, come lake, there were some carp and they were very tame carp and they enjoy carp. I don't know if anybody knows about carp, but they enjoy feeding from the top, and they've got very large mouths. Anyway, having the GoPro in its case, we decided to throw some bread quite close, and, um, yeah, I've got the camera underwater taking some close-ups of carp as they came up, not to only eat the bread, but try and have a sniff around the uh, the camera as well. Did they try and numb the camera? Yes, one or two did. Yeah, one or two did. So it was quite... Oh, big piece of bread. It was quite fun, although the clarity of the water wasn't quite up to Fiji standards, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> or it wasn't turquoise anyway, that's for sure. Mm, no. Although, I'll tell you what... Um, uh, but I nearly called you guy then. Um, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of just an automatic reaction. Um, 
some of the colours of the sea when we was walking on the North Devon coast were absolutely tremendous. So um, I did post some on my uh, malpastowers.com blog. Um, but uh, yeah, some of those, the, the seas were just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. That, the sun, sun and a blue sky always helps there, of course. Yeah, it cheers you up no end, if nothing else. But yeah, photographically, it makes life a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. So- is this you have the same GoPro as I do, the GoPro Hero Two, or do you have the fancy new three? No, I've got the two. I've got the two. Yeah. I've got the two. And well, so, I, I, I absolutely adore my two. So there's, there's no wrong with it. No, absolutely. And the the imagery, you know, the, the the quality of picture that you can get, and the quality of the video, I think, is astounding for you know such a small little device. And it's so portable and rugged, you can <laughs> strap it onto your mountain bike and yeah. beat the snot out of it, and it'll be just fine. Yeah, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Um, I, I did. Guy was quite disappointed actually that I hadn't sent it to him because while he's while he's down in Florida, he is attempting to do some surfboarding. Oh, yeah. that should be fun! Uh, yeah, there is even an attachment that comes with the GoPros to stick them to the front of a surfboard, and I'd quite like to <laughs> to get the surfboard view of Guy learning to surf. Like, yeah, 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 Guy surfing. This is what I think about that. Rather silly, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think I think any fish in the sea at that point would think we're doomed. Yeah, <laughs> or run away. Yeah, run yeah. away. <laughs> anyway, let's head over to uh, the mymac.com articles page, which is fairly thin this week. So uh, we're not going to um, pad them out. Don't worry, people. Um, first one is: Is Apple heading for a big fall? Question mark. This is basically a an opinion piece by Darren Wagoner. I hope I've pronounced your name right, Darren. We normally absolutely butcher names on this podcast. And the fact that I possibly haven't butchered your name, well, I'd take that as a bit of a compliment. Um, You can take this headline in one of two ways. Either Apple stock is going to nosedive again, or Apple is going to announce some great products this fall. Unfortunately, the way Wall Street works... Both are probably true. So go over to the website and read it because it's uh, obviously a little bit longer than just that little intro that I've given you there. I think that's called a teaser, Gaz. It's a <laughs> teaser. Would you like to uh, take the next one, Guy? Um, you yeah. see, I did it again, Guy. I just I can't oh, get I out the routine. Guy, so yeah, okay. Hey, Guy <laughs> over there, could you just do the next piece? <laughs> Uh, the other article is by Danny uh, Yankelo, I hope is how you say that. Um, it's we normally say Yoni Dankelo, but that's just us. Well, that's probably what I would do as well most of the time because I have this terrible habit. Oh, letters. We'll just rearrange them. It'll be fine. Um, what was it a friend of mine went in to buy? Instead of a, a, a chai tea latte, he walked into Starbucks and asked for a Tai Chi latte. <laughs> wow! So that was particularly good, yeah. She didn't beat him over the head with it. She just sniggered and made him his chai tea latte. But anyway. Brilliant. Um, so Ember for Mac is being reviewed by uh, Donny, and uh, it's basically a screenshot of it. I suppose I could read what it says. So as a writer here at my Mac and other sites, I am constantly taking screenshots for articles. Normally I take a screenshot and use an app called Snapshooter to rename it and then save it right to my desktop. Eventually my desktop is a screenshot mess. Ember by Real Mac Software is a screenshot taker organizer to avoid that desktop mess. Think of it as iPhoto for screenshots. Uh, the MyMac rating is apparently 9 out of 10. Uh, the pricing is uh, spectacular mm. and mm. 49.99. Yeah, it's, I, 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 I did quick, quickly look at that, I think, as, as you have, Bart. I must admit, mm. that is quite a hefty price. So uh, uh, go over and take a look and have a read. But uh, just remember, folks, there are plenty of screenshot applications out there. And um, I was quite surprised, actually, at that price. But Donnie... 
you've given it a review, people can go over and take a read. Well, that's the thing. I mean, for all we know, it does something superbly wonderful to warrant that price tag, and hence it's reviewed. Absolutely. Um, tech fan number 131, back to normality. That's all I can say. Absolutely back to normality. Last week, um, they missed out, and this week, they're back, and they apologise for their absence. But it's tech fan 131 with, um, Gar- with Guy. Oh, dear. <laughs> I've got everywhere. a complex. I've got a complex now. I'm not going to be able to stop saying Guy. Tim and David return after two weeks, a two-week hiatus to discuss Steve Barmer, as everyone is, retiring from Microsoft, and the Nintendo 2DS. The name of this show is Retirement and Game Changers. So I'm go over. the last bit's uh, sarcastic. Actually, interestingly enough, they don't have um, as much of a go at the 2DS as I was expecting. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. I certainly have a go at it. <laughs> yeah, well, Tim. Tim actually thinks it's going to do better than most. I think most, a lot, or a lot of people, and certainly some podcasts that I've been on um, think it's going to do. But there you go. We'll have to play a wait and see. I'm sure that they've got all of their plans in place, their uh, budgets for marketing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, they've planned it out. But um, yeah, go and have a listen to what Tim and David say. I think David is less impressed, but Tim certainly isn't. Um, uh, so uh, um, sarcastic about the release of the 2DS. See, I, I call it the 2BS, but that's just me. <laughs> oh, I can't think why. Um, <laughs> okay, over to <laughs> Google+. Plus. Um, I've actually named it Google.com here, but I really should call it Google+. Plus. Um, Steve Green shared a screenshot of some errors. Now, I'm glad you're on, actually, Bart, um, because Steve... From my home country. Yeah, 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 he shared a a screenshot of some errors on his his iPhone while he was driving through Belgium. Um, And basically, he said he's never had to do a reset of his phone or his iPhone before, other than for some major issues, but never while just changing carriers. And yeah. uh, I think he said he's going to put an official complaint into Belgium. I must admit, that was after I kind of give him a little bit of a, sh- a shove. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he just thinks that he'd got some unusual errors on his phone while driving I wonder through which carrier, because if you're going on to a new carrier, they push carrier settings at your phone, don't they? So I'm wondering they, if there's something dodgy with Yeah, possibly. It could be that. There you go, Steve. You, you need to tell us which carrier was on. It, it, might, not just now, be, it might not just be the Belgian government you've got to complain to. Speaking as someone who is from Belgium and goes there from time to time, all the carriers there are rubbish. <laughs> I must admit, there are, the amount of times I used to go to Belgium and I was looking for a data sim once, and mm. the, char- the the amount they was going to charge it. me, yeah, absolutely, I, d- I did. Uh, th- roaming, I went, ro- they haven't even caught on to the fact that roaming should be affordable yet, <laughs> let alone data. And it, it's incredible when you think of the size of the country and how many borders there are, and people to kind of drive through Belgium that you know they wouldn't have caught on to that. But yeah, and if you can put you know good phone reception across the entirety of the UK, surely you couldn't be too hard to do over a teeny tiny little country like Belgium. But what do yeah, I know? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, Eric Diaz uh, had to share. He's so freaking happy. Sorry for a shameless plug. He says that the Apple Store or the Apple are now finally shipping to Puerto Rico. Uh, Steve Green mm-hmm. thinks that Magnatico, which is Eric Diaz's pseudonym, uh, should order a cable just because he can. I think that's a good idea, actually. So you can sit out in the sun, enjoy a mojito, and get your Mac. Absolutely. Sounds I, nice. I think it's great. Now, Guy mentioned to everyone that he's 798 miles to Daytona 
He says he's got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. I didn't know he smoked. It's dark. And he's wearing sunglasses. Now, Alistair Jenks, good friend of the show, said, you're on a mission from God. Sorry. Yes. I think that was a question, really, because it has got a question mark on it. You're on a mission from God. There, if I if I put that emphasis on it, it sounds better. Um, Kershaw say said an ex police cruiser. Another question mark. Carl Madden said hit it, which I quite liked because uh, if you listen to my tip, I think we go hit it. So uh, yeah, uh, Gary Aptus and I, I'm sorry, Gary, I don't get this. Gary Aptus says I think I know why you can't get your iPhone to work via USB. The cars didn't record something. Geez. Take a look at Abbey Road, for goodness sake. Gary, you, um, you've got me there, mate. I've got no idea where you're coming from on that one. Um, I think the drugs you're on need reviewing. But there you go. Um, <laughs> Guy also went on to say, looking at some of my pace, I say woo a lot. Carl jumped in with, it's a wonderful thing, but it's a wonderful thing. Guy responded to him and it says, I say to myself, what a wonderful world. Uh, Steve again jumped in with woo-woo. People all over the world, join hands, start a guy train. Guy train, woo-woo. Again. (laughs) Yeah. But I I don't understand these people. (laughs) I think I I understand why they listen to us when I read some (laughs) of this stuff. Uh, Ryan uh, Walden actually posted uh, an item about Apple sweetness. PNY introduces Store Edge flash memory expansion modules for the Apple MacBook, uh, the Gadgeteer. Uh, there is a link, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, Carl Madden had a look at it and said it looks good. It's a bit pricey, though, and I think what you do with this particular product is you put it into the side of your newer MacBook Pros, and it basically just expands the internal um, memory of the MacBook, but as Carl said, it did look a bit pricey, so I'm not quite sure where they're coming from on that and uh, quite how they envisage you using them because it, you have to keep it in the MacBook itself. But I'll put the link in. You can go over and take a look. Um, Carl welcomed Elizabeth. Now, I don't. you probably haven't had a chance or you may not have heard last week's show, um, Bart, but w- we had a new member of the uh, Google Plus team I'm going to call them a team, even though they're just members of a you know community. Uh, and Carl said that he was looking forward to Guy and Gaz trying to pronounce your surname. Uh, mind you, they may struggle with Elizabeth too. And so it was. <laughs> Troy Muller jumped in with, can I have a seat near the door, please? <laughs> Grips the chair arms. And yes, so he had to. Uh, Scott, <laughs> Scott, Scott said... But Guy, Sal, I haven't finished my cigar yet. Yeah, well, I'm not quite sure where there was coming from on that one. Um, I mentioned that it was a train wreck. And then when Elizabeth uh, Delvo, there you go, Delvo, when Elizabeth, she says, now that I've listened to the latest episode of the podcast and heard my name mentioned, thanks for butchering it, by the way. <laughs> I'll give you the pronunciation of my last name. It's Delvo. As for my first name, I go by Elizabeth or Beth. Nothing else, thanks. And then Scott jumped back in with, yes, my name got butchered a couple of episodes as well. But he did put a smiley face on that one. Uh, And he said it was even funny when he sent the correct pronunciation and we said it literally. Um, I just put at the bottom, don't come here expecting sympathy. 
which is probably the way my, pronoun- oh, my, my, my pronunciation of all things English is probably much worse than most other people's, to be honest with you. I think we both have surnames that people don't get right, so... The best, the best, the best pronunciation of my surname is actually in France. Um, and when you're not used to the pronunciation of your name from what could well be its um, originality, if that's a word, then it, it, it's a bit of a surprise. I was in an airport and my bag was being searched and the bag number was given, and the bag number in this particular small, very tiny airport uh, in Dinard in northern France, uh, the number of the bag was actually printed on your ticket. And there was three of us, and I was busy chatting to my friends and my work colleagues, and we were having a bit of a laugh going home after we'd had a long week in Campere, um, which is in Brittany. And this number, bag number, would the owner of bag number, blah, 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 come out, you know, please, well, I'd missed the number. Although I seemed to recognise the number, and I did look at my colleagues and say, was that my bag number? Ah, and we carried on. <laughs> and then over the air came, would Monsieur Malpas, Malpas, yeah. <laughs> please and i thought hmm he sounds a bit mm, like me but that sounds a bit like me no but it can't be me because my name's malpass of course um and um yeah another irate announce came over the tannoy would monsieur malpass please come to and i kind of looked around and there was this security guy stomping down the hall where everybody was sat uh, looking and shouting, Malpa, Malpa. So I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of, you know, looked like, d- down, put my hand up. I think that might be me. The funny thing was, I went to my bag, I unzipped the bag. They then looked in the bag, and then I had to zip the bag up again. It was open. I hadn't got it locked or anything. I just thought that was rather funny. But you did right. You did right. With with our names, they can be easily uh, manicured into something rather funny. I think the worst I heard was, was my father described as a Herman Boost case. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I, I did have a teacher who insisted it had to be German, so it was Buschultz. It, uh, it, it's funny, though, Bart, how th- that actually can change the spelling of a name over generations. Because yeah. m- on, my, uh, on my wife's side, they've got a name which has turned that you know the spelling has completely changed and it's be- it's probably exactly down to that the the fact that somebody that couldn't or there was a mispronunciation at some point and um you know it's just changed the name um anyway let's move on twitter we had a little bit uh, from mike mcpeak over at twitter said okay and i'm not sure uh, who this was aimed at and again I, i've got a feeling that our listeners may be on drugs but they've got to be on drugs to listen to this show anyway uh he said so elwood what did you do with jake question mark yeah thanks mike um i hope guy can understand that and he might be able to um uh tell us what's going on with that one next week but i'm, I'm lost i'm lost i'm afraid I'm just a, a dumb old Englishman, Mike. You'll have to forgive me on that. Okay, I think that will do us for the first section, Bart. Um, so, do you know what to say to take us out, or have I got to use my soundboard? Uh, hit us with your soundboard. Stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. I'm Tim Robertson. He is David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. God damn it. This, this kind of crap has got to stop. But that being said, enough is enough. Stop goddamn copying 
everybody else. They're a bunch of parasites. And then they're a little leech. It sucks the blood out of the consumer because they had no innovation in that company. Tech Fan Podcast. Calm, rational, and family-friendly. Every Friday. Ever think about becoming a podcaster? Thinking, wow, you know, that's probably way too hard. Well, we have a solution. The Stoplight Network is looking for brand new shows to join the network. Won't cost you a dime. In fact, you might actually make some money off of it. So if you've always wanted to podcast and it seemed way too daunting, drop me a line. My name is Tim Robertson. I am the host of TechFan. I started the MyMac Podcasting at the dawn of podcasting. And I can help you get your podcast up and running. Simply send an email to Tim, that's T-I-M, at MyMac, M-Y-M-A-C, dot com. Tim at MyMac.com. Let's get your show ready for prime time. Want relevant, accurate discussions of all things Macintosh and iOS? Keep looking. The G-Men on the MyMac Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the second section of the MyMac Podcast with... Myself, that's Gaz, one half of the G-Men, and no, not Guy, no, no, no. Bar- I could change my name if it's easier. Yeah, yes, yeah, so it's the GB-Men. Ah, now that's GB-Men, the GB-Men, there, there, there you go. So um, Bart and myself are going to see if we can have a bit of a conversation about probably the possibility of moving from iPhoto onto the next best thing, which obviously <laughs> for a lot of... Um, Apple users, I, I think they'd probably initially be persuaded, certainly if they are in the App Store, to look at moving to Aperture. Now, I've been teetering on the edge of moving from iPhoto to Aperture for, I would say, probably <laughs> probably close to three years now, if I'm totally right. honest. Uh, yes, yes. I, I did actually have a trial of, uh, of Aperture um, some, uh, some time ago. Yeah, because the longer ago it is, the more... Because it's actually gotten way easier to move now than it used to be, because although in the face of it, the two apps haven't moved towards each other all that much... Under the hood, they've been converging really heavily to the point where you can open the same library in either app now. Correct. So you don't even... So the the transition is just you close one app and you open the other app, really. And I think I'm probably absolutely really on the knife edge now of of making the jump. Okay, so... Well, there's one thing to hold you back, of course, is that uh, Final Cut got its doohickey a year ago. Yes. Final Cut... Pro X or 10 or whatever we're calling it. And that was a big change and everyone had to pay for that upgrade. Uh, a few weeks ago, Logic got its big jump and everyone had to pay, because there's no upgrade pricing, everyone had to pay $199 for the new version of Logic. There's only one Pro app left. <laughs> so if you spend your fifty nine British pounds or $79.99 US cents, um, you may find yourself in a few months' time paying the same again. Yes, and and that's I, I must admit though that is not the reason I have held back now. Um, but you've just given me an extra me- reason not to actually jump straight in. 
But let, let's put that aside. Let's yeah. say that Aperture has just had uh, a reasonable update, um, enough for um, people who were teetering on the edge to say, yep, okay, I'm going to press the button. The question why? is why? Why would what? you press the button? And in my case, it, it's, it really is difficult. And I'll, I'll give you the, 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 the reason case scenario. I kind of use iPhoto in probably completely the wrong way. I, I probably use it in a way that not many people do use it. So I'm probably a best case scenario for actually moving. Uh, and why I haven't is because of probably the ease of use from which I find iPhoto. Well, then you won't be too put off an aperture because it's kind of the same, really. Um, okay. Now, the, the reason I didn't change before when I had a quick test was I, I looked at all of these adjustments that were available to me, and I looked at everything that was in there, and I just it just went no, no. I like <laughs> I, there's I, too I, many. You there's, mean? Yes, yes. It you it, don't have to use them. I, <laughs> No, I mean, I'm serious about that. Because, yeah, if you enable... So, I don't know how long ago it is since you did it, but there's been some changes to the... To the they're, they're called bricks down the side. So... Right. You, you can start off with just the really basic bricks, and you have your, say, your, your basic adjustments, you have your levels, you have your enhance. And if you just keep to those few bricks, you're, you're probably absolutely fine. And then the other ones you can just from drop down, just choose them when you need them. So if you want to do a monochrome conversion, you can choose the monochrome brick or block. I remember if it's bricks or blocks, but anyway... And you can just make, you just pop it on there, and it'll be there for that photo. And then when you go to your next photo, it'll be gone again. And the next time you go back to that photo, of course, whatever bricks you use will be back. So you can make the interface as complicated or as sort of, you know, full of sliders as you want. And so you just say, make this a default, make this not a default, and they just appear or they go away. Okay. So if you only want your, you know, maybe a curves adjustment and a few level sliders and you know some brightness sliders and things, you can just use the basic bricks, and that's all you'll see. I think I think one of the things that I'm starting the, the more I get I like to take a picture and not uh, deal with it after that point. Although I the, the only I do mm. make I do make adjustments in iPhoto. That's certainly something which you know I, I've I've created some what I think are pretty good images uh, in the past for, um, by using iPhoto and some of the adjustments. And I think the biggest the biggest issue that I think I have with iPhoto over perhaps going to a more professional app, whether that be Aperture or whether it be Lightroom or whether it be using uh, an external uh, photo photo editor, is the fact that when I make an adjustment in iPhoto, it adjusts the whole picture. Right, yes. Okay, so there's... We should probably take a step back because everyone is going to hit a pain point. Yeah, um, and whatever that pain point is, the the chances are very high that Aperture will fix it because iPhoto is a very basic organizer and editor. Now, you know, for for a lot of people, it's actually really good, and over time, it's gotten better because in the past, uh, iPhoto was not a non-destructive editor. So basically, it made a copy of your photo, hid away your original, and then every time you change the sliders, they were kind of baked in, and then if you reopen them your previous changes weren't undoable. You can either go right back to your original or that was it. Whereas now, just like an aperture, it's basically you have your original file and you have a list of changes. And so if you move all the sliders to different positions and you go back to edit that photo again, the sliders will be right back where you were. You can tone it down, add more, add less of every adjustment, 
forever and ever and ever. It never gets baked in. It's always editable and it always remembers its state. And that used to be something you had to go to Aperture for. Yeah. But now you have that in iPhoto. Correct. And then you also have faces and places in iPhoto. In fact, they started in iPhoto, but they're also over in Aperture. So to some extent, they're actually quite similar. They're both photo organizers. Uh, they both have your faces, your places. They both have the non-destructive editing mm-hmm. workflow. But Aperture just gives you a little bit more. I would, so, I would say it gives you that more refinement, doesn't it, to, to enable well, yeah. you to, to obviously select, let's say, for example, select an area and make an adjustment rather than... Right. So that's one of the, one of the, one of the things. So it, it has much better keywording. It has much better smart folders. It has much... It gives you a lot more control. Like, you, you can nest folders and you can nest projects, and it gives you much more control of how you lay everything out. And it gives you much more control of your actual images in terms of having infinitely more sliders, and you have this notion that every slider is brushable. So you simply say, okay, I want to have lots of definition here on this bit, but that's going to make the sky go horribly noisy. Well, that's no problem. I'll click brush in adjustment. I'll just paint over the bit I want. The adjustment goes there and there only. And you can do that to almost every adjustment that Aperture can do. There's there's a few exceptions. You can't brush white balance for some reason, which is annoying. It makes me cranky. But you can do the most bizarre edits... And just brush them in, which means that you can have, you know, silly fun like, well, I can selectively brush in black and white, or I can selectively brush out black and white, or I want a um, a vignette on three sides. Well, just brush it in on three sides, and you have it on three sides. You know, now, you now, have massive control. Yeah, now there are a lot of people that are actually going to be saying, yes, yes, but there are lots of little apps that do that, and I've come across mm. one or two really cracking apps which do exactly that. The problem with those is you've got to take it outside of iPhoto, make your adjustment, and then obviously re-import that photo back in oh. if you want to store it within iPhoto right, and do your slideshow. Yes, but it's worse than that, because it's baked in. If you do, yes. and I am yes, you'd have to it. make a copy. Correct. Well, no, it's not just make a copy. It's I, I maybe it's just that I I like too much, and then I come back the next and I go, ooh, <clears throat> right. I think I overdid that effect slightly. Right. Yeah. Any of these adjustments you do in Aperture, no matter how complex they are, they are all non-destructive. So you simply go back, and the slider will be right where you left it, and you say, yeah, maybe the vibrancy shouldn't have gone to twenty-two. Maybe twelve actually is more of a sane human person's photo, and you just slide it back the next day, and that's it. it it's a non-destructive. Everything you do is non-destructive, including these fancy brushed adjustments. It's yeah. all non-destructive. And so you can decide a year later, you know, oh, actually, I didn't brush very cleanly. Let me just, you know, fine-tune my brushing. You can go back and tweak that as well. It, it is all non-destructive. And that, of course, will be a year later once you've finally been to the optician and, and got your glasses, and then you can see the mistakes that you've made. Um, right. Joking apart, yeah. of course, joking apart. Um you said something earlier, and, and that adjustment, I think that refinement of adjustment is a, a big part of it. It's just whether um, you are happy to do any refinement on your photos. I, I you know, I probably do quite, a, I probably push iPhoto on the adjustments as much as anybody would do. And I really am that close to saying, if somebody watched me in iPhoto and said, you know, why are you not using Lightroom or Aperture or another um, uh, photo application to to look after your photos? They'd probably pull their hair out, and that's why I'm close to pushing the button. But every time I've I've not pushed it, it's because iPhoto has come out with just a little bit of a tweak, which has helped my normal day-to-day administration of those photos 
Um, and that's the big thing for me. We have a shared photo library. I've actually got it on a shared drive, which um, the rest of the family can access that particular uh, iPhoto library and put photos into it which is something that they have done in the past and will probably continue to do to a more or less degree uh, as we go through the future. The only person that makes any adjustments to them, I must admit, though, is myself because they tend to just put them in there. But it's nice to have all of those photos together as a family. Now, one of the things that I've often been told and I probably agree with, is the photos that I take for me, which aren't really family photos, they're more, you know, the arty shots or the landscape shots that I go out and particularly take uh, for myself, I should really perhaps put into a different library or, or start using them in perhaps Aperture. But going back to the initial start of what I said there was the administration of the photos because when events came along I don't know I don't know how other people use events but I tend to have events very specific I've got uh, family shots in there I've got particular event shots in there and if I've got enough of a particular type of event I create a new event and then throw those into the events which made my administration and collecting of the photos much easier now, you also mentioned something which goes to photo administration, which was keywords. And you said that keywording is at, in Aperture is much easier or much better than iPhoto. Mm. It's, so keywords you, can be nested. Right. So, so you can have nested groups of keywords, which is something I was always missing because I keyword religiously because there's 100,000 photos in my Aperture library. I, if someone says to me, do you have a photograph of a common blue on a daisy? It's like, pretty sure I do. I'd like to find it sometime between now and the end of the universe. So because I religiously tag everything, I just put Daisy, Common Blue, and say five photographs out of the 100,000 will show up. Okay. Now, I I do much the same thing. So are you saying that if I um, tag or keyword my photos, which I have done with the name of a place, for example, Mm -hmm. and the name of a person who's in that place, um, are you saying that it's easier in Aperture, or are you saying that I can't find that, you know, those two combination of things in in iPhoto? Uh, Well, I'd say it's it's easier, but it's it's easier to manage your your massive list of keywords because, so if I look at my list of keywords, when I bring up my keywords hood, they're all collapsed by default, and I can just search or whatever. But uh, so I would have, say, a collapsed one at the moment that is flora and fauna, which I can then expand out to give me animal, bird, fern, flower, fungus, grass, herb, insect. You get the idea. Ah, right. Gotcha. Which I can then gotcha. expand out to gotcha. Gotcha. bracken, whatever. Gotcha. You know? I'm with you now. Yeah. And if you search, so if I have places hierarchically done by country, county, town, so if I search for, say, Maynooth, I will see. Maynooth and Kildare and Ireland because Maynooth is contained inside Kildare which is contained inside Ireland so I can just drag and drop those three keywords very easily Okay, but you've obviously set that process up. You've set that yes. that, that nested um, section of keywords up within Aperture. But it's re- what you're saying is it's relatively relatively easy to do that manipulation in Aperture as opposed to iPhoto. Yeah, it was one of the things that was driving me absolutely bonkers in iPhoto. Was was that it was? It's a flat list of keywords, and when you have as many keywords as mm. I do, mm. that's not manageable. So, yeah, I must so admit. Was, yeah. I've just I've just gone into window and uh, hit command K to bring up my keywords, and I must admit it is looking rather busy. Yeah, 
So the other thing then, you mentioned that you have like events within events and stuff. iPhoto doesn't really make it that easy to have these kind of custom hierarchies. No, that's very true. I must admit that my manipulation of the process is something that I've been a bit of a stipular at. And you could quite easily um, not bother and then all of a sudden you, you'd never find those photos again in the process that you'd, you know, you'd originally yeah. set up. Um, yeah, I so mean, I, I've, not got, I've not got quite as many photos as you. And, and this is, again, going down to the administration. I've got 30,000 or just under 31,000 photos. And the, the, the size of my library is 170 gigabytes. And I've often wondered whether that's probably also too big for iPhoto and I perhaps should move to another application to manage that. I, I couldn't comment on that, but I, I do wonder if iPhoto may or may not get cranky sooner because Aperture is, of course, the pro product and it's, it's much better at dealing with it. Um, but I suppose one of the big things is that you, you can choose how you organize things in Aperture. It's not like iPhoto where you have this events paradigm thrust yeah. on you. Yeah. Aperture leaves that up to you. Now, I would say one of the most important things you should do on day one of starting with Aperture is to... Think long and hard about how you're going to create your own custom hierarchy and then stick to it. But it is entirely, it is, you, you are free to do as you wish. So in my case, I have one top-level folder called Bart's Photos, one folder within that for every year, and then one um, event within that, which is, actually, are they called events? Wait, no, they're not called events, are they? I keep forgetting what it's called. Um... Uh, da, 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 da. Projects is what I yeah. So what, what you're used to calling an event is called a project in Aperture, but it doesn't really matter. And so I have projects within those year folders, and then I have an entirely separate hierarchy where all of my smart albums live. And so there's one in there called insect macros, and then in there there's a subfolder butterflies, and in there there's one for every species that I regularly photograph, and it's basically all photographs with the tag as appropriate with a rating of at least four. Right. Right. And so I have my my organization of sm- so everything in the smart folders, you know, parent folder is automatically generated based off the content of the photos folder. So I never actually put photos in here, but this is where all of my saved searches and all of those kind of things are. So if I need to if I'm adding photos, I'm in one place and if I'm looking for stuff, I'm in another place and it all keeps itself organized and that's just it suits my way of working and then I have an entirely separate folder called temp which is for all those times people say, Bart, would you mind editing these photos for me? I just throw them into temp, do them, and then just chuck them away. So they never get in the way, and I can just collapse temp and make it go completely out of my sight. Uh, what I'm hearing from, from you, Bart, is the fact that Aperture gives you, uh, and probably Lightroom, and let, let's, when yeah. we say Aperture, we are referring to others, although Aperture is probably the easiest move that people are going to find um, from iPhoto. From iPhoto, absolutely. I, I mean, Aperture is iPhoto Pro, really. Yeah. But and it, but it never used to be quite as easy as it is now to move across. Yeah. And and here's a question for you again: the administration. I let iPhoto deal with the photos in its package. Now I know within that package mm-hmm. it creates its own folder hierarchy, and people mm-hmm. you know jump up in despair and say, "Oh no, I never let the you know iPhoto application or Aperture or Lightroom deal with my photos. I've got my folder structure, and that's how I put them in. And I've never done that, and I've never had an issue where i've lost photos because iphoto is looking after them um yeah but there is a bit of work involved in obviously opening up those folders if you want to get back to the original so if i move to aperture 
let's say, and obviously transferred from iPhoto to Aperture, do you know whether it would keep those photos photos in that same internal package structure? Or, yes. or it would? Yes, because the actual internal package structure is now the same between the two apps. So the, the same physical library file can be opened in one app today and the other app tomorrow. Okay. So that bundle is now common between the two apps. Okay, so, so if I... If I let, let's ask this question. If I made an adjustment to a photo and it wasn't baked in in Aperture, mm-hmm. that, that change, that photo, of course, wouldn't be seen in iPhoto if I opened that same photo in iPhoto? It, as I have... I don't... I don't do this often, but I do from time to time do this. And as if if I'm correct, it, you can't change the edits that you don't have control of, but you can see them. Ah, so in other words, right. if I use my fancy aperture edits, when I see the photo in iPhoto, I won't be able to tweak those fancy edits, no, but no. I will see the finished product. I will see it with its vignette or whatever applied. Oh, that, now that is interesting. That is interesting because my... Um, uh, my thought process is that I would continue to keep iPhoto available with that package for the other members of the family so that if I made any changes to the photo, they would actually still see that change. Um, and that's interesting that it, you'd be able to do that. So Yeah, uh, I, I do think, though, that you're probably better off to have your own Aperture Library <laughs> for your your creative work so that yes, you can yes, structure it in a sensible way. But, yeah, the family stuff, you, you, you can keep it in that same package and just access it through Aperture or iPhoto. Um, really, I think the biggest difference is, again, so Aperture can and by default does it, use its own package, but they're the same format as the iPhoto one, so... I mean, the iPhoto one is called iPhoto and the yeah. Aperture one is called Aperture, but you can just rename them. I think mine's called Bart's Library. Um, and just, you know, right-click, open with, or whatever. It, you can do all that kind of stuff. So you don't actually keep your own folder structure for your photos? No, the no, no, no. You, you, let, you, you let the application do that? Because I know that uh, our good friend Elaine... Uh, is refuses, yeah. Re- yes, she refuses to do that for, for for any application, whether it be Lightroom, Aperture, or whatever. She she actually keeps a very strict structure of folders which she puts her photos into, and but and that's it's fair a personality enough. thing. It's, right, and the way actually, probably the biggest difference between Aperture and Lightroom is that Aper- now, Aperture and Lightroom can both work either way. So Aperture can, if you want, let you manage the files and it'll just read them. It's perfectly happy to do that if you want to. It doesn't do it by default, but it can. And Lightroom is also able to work in both ways. But the real difference between the two is that Lightroom was written by people who managed their own files and grudgingly had it in an auto library. And Aperture was written by people who have Aperture managed stuff and grudgingly added in the ability to manually edit the file. <laughs> so they're coming to the same place from the completely opposite sides. And my personally, I've always felt that I'm interested in managing photos, not files. And so yeah, I just I find that I agree. an absolute luxury that I have been freed from having to worry about such stupid minutia as where stuff goes in the disk. I care about organizing by keywords. I care about organizing by place. I care about organizing by time. I don't care about where it is in the file system. So, but um, that's a personality thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and either way is correct. Yeah, either exactly. way it's is correct. Whatever, whatever suits you is what you should go with. You shouldn't let anyone tell you to do it what doesn't feel right to you. Do what do what suits you. And both apps can do either way, but I really do think if you're the kind of person who likes the manual to take control, you'll probably find Lightroom a better fit. I agree. I agree. However, if you haven't 
um, created your own file structure already in iPhoto, you will find the transition from iPhoto to Lightroom much more difficult than you will from Light, uh, iPhoto to Aperture, of course. Yes. Um, yeah. that, is, that is one thing that, um, that Apple have been very clever on in making sure that that transition and that interaction is, is very closely aligned. And it's been getting smoother and smoother, actually, because when I moved over, it was an import-export thing. So you would launch Aperture, and it would say, welcome to your completely empty new Aperture library. Would you like me to import your iPhoto library? And it would literally copy everything from one container into the other container. And they were two completely incompatible containers. But now they both have the same container. So it's, it's gotten easier. It's gotten a lot easier. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, so I suppose what we're saying here is if you have thousands of images and you are very much of uh, the, the sort of person that keywords your images and you're getting to a point where you think the keyword um, manipulation in iPhoto is becoming unmanageable, that's a possible reason to move. Yeah, so basically you're right iPhoto is limited in lots of ways. You're going to bump into one of them. So you may you may bump into the fact that you don't have as much control over, you know, I mean, you can create smart folders based off of the most bizarre and archaic things. There's ones I create every year based off of the, the month of the year the photo was taken. So it doesn't matter what year it was taken, in, as long as it was taken in January. And I set up 12 of these along with keywords because I, I do a calendar every year and every year I pick a different topic. So... Butterflies in January, butterflies in February, butterflies in March. Those 12 folders can then be easily assembled into a calendar, etc. And I can't do that in iPhoto because I can't make my smart folders be even nearly as powerful with nearly as many possible inputs and nearly as many ways of combining them. So that's a possible pain point. Maybe you want a more complicated folder structure. And I mean logical folder structure within the app rather than in the file system. That's a possible pain point. Maybe you need more sliders to do more things. That's a possible pain point. Maybe you need the ability to apply your adjustments selectively. That's a possible pain point. I mean, whenever you bump into a ceiling in iPhoto, the chances are that ceiling is either gone or an awful lot higher above your head if you were to move to aperture. And I think different people will bump into different ceilings. Yes, agreed. Agreed, and it, it, but it, it, I still find it quite incredible. I suppose that um, that I haven't moved yet because I'm still teetering on the edge of of not going over. And I wonder whether my my pain point is the fact that iPhoto hasn't let me down yet. I just I just haven't had the um, the the capability of making mm-hmm. some of those refined adjustments that perhaps I I really think that I, I could a, another make. another pain point actually that that you may cross is if you cross the day you cross from shooting JPEG to RAW is probably the day you should move away from iPhoto and that's funny because I've I've been shooting RAW now for a couple of years and the adjustment I think I think I, I think one of the reasons that I've not moved over is because every time I'm on the cusp of jumping, I've done something which gives me something extra which I wasn't uh, aware of or has given me something extra to my uh, data management or my photo management or the manipulation of my photos, like when Faces came along. 
That gave hmm. me an extra capability of managing my photos in a certain way because I was always fairly key at naming everybody who was in a photo. And then faces came along and somebody said, well, you, why do you still name the photo when you've got faces to do it for you? And I actually straight away jumped into a process of saying, I use faces to actually give me a a good picture of that face. Faces yeah. can co actually collect every single face and you can put all of the names in there and it'll do its work, whether it's right or wrong, and it'll learn. But I actually use faces to actually make sure I capture good pictures of people's faces rather than every single person's face because I'm already naming them in the keywords. That makes that, that's sensible. And of course, the nice thing with, with faces is when you're flicking through the thumbnails, it only shows you the bit of the photo where the f relevant face is. So it's Correct. actually much easier to find a good photograph of someone because Correct. it's zoomed into Correct. the right bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, that, that kind of gave me a bit of a boost to using it. Um, when events came along, that gave me a boost in my, uh, again, uh, my data management or my uh, photo management. When I kicked over to RAW, I then realized that the um, manipulation that I could do in the edit controls were doing so much more than they ever were before when I had just a JPEG. Yeah, so, you see, that's true on steroids when you move over to the <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I think the, what the point I'm trying to make is every time what I had a little change, it gave me a reason not to move because I was quite happy with the extra <laughs> functionality that suddenly appeared with what I was using. So you've been near the ceiling and it just keeps creeping up so you don't hit your head. Correct. Correct. Yeah, so until you hit your head, I mean, it's not free. I mean, I think I've, sixty-nine I've, euro and ninety-nine cents. No, that's or, right. That's fifty-four. I think it's what, fifty-four pounds. I think it is. Yeah, yeah about 54, fifty-five pounds, pounds and yeah. about seventy-nine dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifty-five pounds and eighty dollars, bar a penny or a cent. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I th I've got a feeling I am now rubbing. I'm, I've got a feeling that I'm crooking my neck now. I think oh, your hair is starting to rub the ceiling. Yeah, I think my hair is starting to rub, and I'm starting to get static. Oh, um, that's not good. <laughs> it's, uh, I have to say, it, it's going to be a very when you move over, you're not going to regret it, and you're probably you're never ever ever going to want to go back. And that, that, I can promise you that. So, how long have you been using Aperture? Since Aperture One. <laughs> ah, right. I thought. Ah, I thought you that you were a big iPhoto user. Too. I thought you were. I a big was. I, but I was an iPhoto user and like iPhoto. I think the last, was it like iLife 06 or something was when I was last uh, an iPhoto user. I moved a long time ago. I moved basically when iPhoto's raw processing was really, really, really cruddy. Right, right. And that was just it. That was just a no-brainer then. I, was, I think at that stage, Aperture was about $200. But I still moved because iPhoto then just couldn't handle raw. I mean, it basically treated it like a JPEG. Right. And it was just a, a, yeah. a disk space wasting JPEG. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a feeling that the the um, the when I moved over to RAW, iPhoto had already actually made some great moves on giving you the capability of making some adjustments. But I I think I have seen the fact that I'm starting to hit the boundaries now. As I say, I'm scraping my head where I make some adjustments, and I think now I've got the RAW photo. I really should be able to make some slightly better adjustments on it than that. You, so. You're also the adjustments you have are quite basic. So yes, agreed. The ones, the, the two, I think that I miss the most. If I well, it's hard to bring it down to two, but two particularly good ones are uh, definition and vibrancy. Um, d definition. 
is where it, it intelligently adds contrast at boundaries so that everything just looks crisper. And so it's not like just ramping up the contrast. It's just, it emphasizes edges. And the other one then is vibrancy, which doesn't make color more saturated. It just makes it more oomphy. It just gives it more pop. And those two, uh, my style is quite, well, Felvia sort of punch you in the face. You know, I, I, I like my colors to pop. I don't like dull colors. And those two together now, I am very fond of. Again, applied in moderation, but I think they make the biggest difference. And I photo, you know, yeah, you can do saturation. Yeah, you can do contrast. Yeah, you even have a levels adjustment. But it's not the same. And again, levels is, is very much a cur- curves as, you know, redheaded stepchild. Curves are a much nicer way to work. And aperture gives you non-destructive curves, which is an absolute luxury. So you really will very quickly find that that very, very small set of sliders you have in iPhoto is, is annoying. Right, right. And, and can I just point out to everybody, I am a red-headed stepchild. So it's, but it's, you know, it's not a problem. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I, I think the persuasion point for me is, is pretty much there. Um, uh, it, it's something which I've, I've got to do and jump in. Uh, and the, the fact that the rest of the family can still see some of those images if I decide to make adjustments on the family pictures, which they've got access to, um, um, and they can see those changes, would, is, is really a bit of a big seller for me. Now, mm-hmm. albums, albums in iPhoto. I've got quite a few albums. Mm-hmm. Presumably, those albums, that sort of stuff, also gets moved across to uh, because there are pro- there are projects in iPhoto, but the projects tend to be for very specific things like books that you're going to send and send off and get printed, um, Christmas cards. Yeah, they're, you're going to create those. Um, the lingo and, hasn't converged. Yeah. Right. Right. So would an album be a project or would an album just be... No, we a, have it, albums. We, we have plain old albums in, um, in Aperture. I don't use them very often because I tend to use smart albums. But if you want to make an album, you can make an album. Yeah, um, of course, I'm looking down mine. The first six or seven of mine are actually all smart albums anyway. So, yeah, I think I'm doing I have a few thing. albums, but they're few and far between. I tend to do smart albums. Yeah, but no, it's... Yeah, you can create albums... Um, so I just look on the new menu here. I have new project, new folder, new album, new smart album, new book, new light table, new slideshow, new web journal, and new web page. Okay. Okay. So I guess that sort of tells you what. And basically, projects can go inside folders, albums can go inside folders, folders can go inside folders, smart albums can go inside folders, and I think you can even put folders inside projects as well. Brilliant. I, so I, I think the reasoning here is, uh, as Bart has uh, quite eloquently said you've got to have a pressure point and if that pressure point is bearing down on you that's probably when you're going to move over and i've got a feeling that i've got a pressure point and it's probably ricking my neck now uh, to move over and it's about time i did now this wasn't ever going to be a show about moving from um iphoto to a another project or a another um, photo manipulation come database tool like Lightroom, um, like putting your photos somewhere else and using Pixelmator, which is completely different. That's a completely different process, really. But this was never going to be a show between Lightroom and Aperture. It was really when to jump from iPhoto mm. into another um, photo application. And I, I hope 
that some of the conversation we've had has helped uh, the people out there. And if you've got any feedback, uh, both Bart and I will be pleased to hear it. And all of the details of how to contact us will come up at the end. But um, I think we're running a bit longer now. And I, but I think that was good, Bart. That was really good. I quite enjoyed that. I think um, uh, if if you're on commission, you should be seeing some uh, some of that fairly <laughs> soon. Oh, if only. If only. Yeah. If only all of our us podcasters were on commission for Apple, it would be uh, rubbing our hands together with glee. But there you go. That's never going to happen. Um, so I'm going to take us out now. Did, did you remember what to say, or have I got to, have I got to do it again? Stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. Excellent. Hi, I'm Tim Robertson from the Tech Fan Podcast. And I'm David Cohen from the Tech Fan Podcast. And we wanted to take a moment to tell you about the Stoplight Network. Stoplight is a community of podcasters. We're a group of people who are passionate about podcasting, and we're looking for people who have either existing or new podcasts who might be interested in joining us. So check it out at www.stoplightnetwork.com. And while you're at it, check out our show, The Tech Fan Podcast. Part of the Stoplight Network of Podcasts. Soft kitty, warm kitty, little ball of fur. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up what, here, Mark. What, what's going on, Kevin? You're singing the song Soft Kitty. That That's only for when somebody's sick and not feeling well. Oh, but I thought it'd be a great intro into the show. I mean, after all, people listening to us, they've got to be a little bit sick, don't they? That's true. We can't deny that. Especially if they want to hug a geek every week. I know. A little bit confusing. A little bit painful. I feel sorry for them. <laughs> but you know what? If you haven't listened to Geekiest Show Ever, simply go across to iTunes and type in Geekiest Show Ever, and you can listen to Kevin and me every single week. We're sick, we're twisted, but we have fun doing it. The MyMac.com podcast with Guy and Gaz. Two light bulbs that don't fit their sockets. Hi everyone and welcome to the third and final section of this week's MyMac podcast with myself and Bart. He's still here. He, he can't believe, I can't believe it. I'm sure he can't believe he's still here either really, but there you go. Hey, you have to stop being guy. guy. This God, is it, it is, I yeah. nearly called me guy. You nearly called me <laughs> <laughs> That's surreal, isn't it really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, none of us know who we are before we finish recording this podcast. <laughs> well, I normally say... Anything can happen in the next half hour. It normally does. Um, okay, so... Um, can you do me a, fi- a favour, Bart? Probably. Can you nod your head? Right. Hit it. Gases tips. Mostly. Gases tips. Mostly. Gases tips. It's time for Gases tip. Uh, we I still do love that. Uh, yeah, it's it nuts. is. It's it nuts, is, but it's it, good. It is brilliant. It is brilliant. Um, and yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I can't remember his name now. He's going to crucify me now for getting his name who did that. But he's, he recently came onto Google Plus, actually, uh, and um, he was actually looking for royalties. <laughs> <laughs> you owe me quite a bit. You know. yeah, we do. We owe we him millions. Absolutely millions. Uh, what type of millions? I'm not going to say, but millions. Anyway, if you're not sure, uh, or I'm not sure, if you've ever noticed this before, and I'm talking to the listeners here because I'm bet. I bet Bart has. Um, but if you've um, highlighted multiple iron items in Lion in your Finder window, uh, you can, when you right-click on those items, get a option on the pop-up menu um, to actually put all of those items straight into a new folder. 
So when you've selected them, either by going shift and uh, click, when you've, you know, you're pressing or command click on each item, um, you right click on those selected items. Uh, you can just, the first option on the top is for you to actually move those items into a new folder, which occasionally is quite useful. Now the folder is created in the subfolder that you're currently in. So you may have to move that folder elsewhere if you want to, but at least you can select multiple items and just shove them into a new folder. Now, if you do that and you've done it by mistake, a quick command Z, 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 which is the normal undo action. Or if you go to the menu bar uh, or the menu, uh, yeah, the menu bar and you click on the menu option edit, the first option that you'll see uh, on the drop down should be undo folder with selected of X items or selection of X items. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a quick tip, which you may not have noticed when you're selecting multiple items and you want to put them in a new folder. You know, guys, I had never noticed that before. <laughs> I, I do that regularly and I go the whole way down to compress X number of items to create a zip file, which is dead handy, but I've never noticed I could create a folder. Right at the top, isn't it? It's dead easy. Yeah. You? If you're not looking for something, you, it can just pass you by, can't it? Yeah, you don't see it. Yeah, so no. I wasn't. I was looking for the word compress. Correct, correct. Yeah, so that's that's a there's a tip for you. Now I'm not going to play. That's the end of Gaz's tip. I'm going to play this again. Hit it. Gaz's tips. Mostly. Gaz's tips. Mostly. Gaz's tips. It's time for Gaz's tip because <laughs> Bart has a tip for us. Yeah, I figured there was room in the show notes. Why not stick them in? So, <laughs> actually, similar idea, something that people may may not have noticed, but they're all over the place when you start looking for them. In OS X, even in the Finder, and pretty much in any app that edits a document, there'll be a little icon that looks just like the Finder icon for the document in question in the title of the window. And that little icon is known by the fancy name of the proxy icon. And it can be used to do an awful lot of the things you can do in the Finder. Yeah. So if you're in the middle of... Let's say you're writing something in pages and you want to email it to someone. If you just take that proxy icon, drag and drop it onto the mail.app icon, it will attach it to an email. Um, you might want to send something to a thumb drive you have plugged into your computer. If you just drag and drop that proxy icon onto the thumb drive, a copy of the document will go onto the thumb drive. Uh, one I do a lot, if, if, like me, you have a complicated file structure... You've probably navigated somewhere in the Finder. You're in the folder you'd like your document to go to, but you hit File, Save, and it starts off at the default place of your Documents folder. Yep. You could navigate all the way, or you can take the proxy icon from that Finder window that's in the right place and drag and drop it onto the Save dialog, and it'll navigate to that folder for you. And I do that a lot. Now, so, th- now there's a tip I can't use, and I, I I don't do that a lot, but I did know that existed, and I have used it, and it's an absolute cracker, absolute cracker of a tip that is. Yes, I, I love my I love my proxy icons, and they they show up in the bizarrest of places. Um, like if you drag and drop, say, the proxy icon from the Finder from the Finder onto the terminal, it will put the address of that folder into the terminal. So you type cd space drag drop enter. Now you have a terminal in that same folder. Millions of uses. Superb. Superb. Right, I'm going to play this now. Hit it. That's the end of Gaz and Tips. That's the end of Gaz and Tips. That's the end of Gaz and Tips. Is that the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? That's quite psychedelic at the end. It is, isn't it? It is. It really is. A little bit, I suppose, like...
question is, Bart, do you know where that comes from? I'll play no. it again. I'll play it again for you. You weren't expecting this quiz, were you? Now, I'm going to oh. guess it's one of the sci-fi things I don't listen to. So, Doctor Who? No, I'll give you another. It, it might be... <laughs> you pro- <laughs> you've probably never, ever watched this programme in your life, actually. Here's, here's the start of it, actually. It's a Jerry Anderson. I'm, I'm just playing this because it's psychedelic. Now that's that's from a program which I used to love as a kid called Joe Ninety. Right, that's not one. Uh, <laughs> Thunderbirds, I know. Joe yeah. Ninety, not so much. Yeah, yeah. Thunderbirds, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, or Thunderbirds are go. Yeah, brilliant. I just love it. I love it. Thank you, Jerry. You gave lots of kids lots of happy times. Um, okay, now I'm going to go on to guys' pick. Thanks for that, guy. That was great. <laughs> Very insightful. <laughs> now, my pick is uh, the iTunes Festival. Um, it is something which they do, they've started to do each year, and you can actually get an app on the Apple TV, which is the iTunes Festival app, and basically it's free music. Uh, it's based in the UK, but I think the music is streamable out to the rest of the world. So if you go over to www. Not many people say that anymore, do they? www. Um, if you go to www. And that's probably why they don't say it. iTunesFestival.com. Um, it, it'll basically show you which artists are playing. You can stream live shows. So if you've got an Apple TV, um, I think... You can stream it to some devices. I'm not actually, I don't think I remember seeing an app, but I'm pretty sure there is. If there, if there's one on the Apple TV, I'm sure they've got one for iPad and your iPhone. Um, you can actually stream those live, uh, live shows, um, over those devices. And, um, it's something that iTunes do. They're obviously promoting the music and they're obviously hoping to get some sales out of it. But it's, it's just, it's just a good little festival and it happens each year. So, uh, uh, it goes on for about, I think it goes on for some time. It's not just a quick, short thing. I think it goes on for uh, possibly almost a month, if memory serves right. Uh, let me just have a quick look while I'm uh, pretending to know what I'm talking about. Um, and thank you, Google. That always happens whenever I try and copy something in Google and then paste it. It never actually pastes why imagined it was going to paste, uh, because it wants me to create the actual link. So, oh, that's nice of us. Yeah, yeah, I just get fed up with that. When I copy a link, I want it to actually open the link rather than... Uh, 30 nights of free live music. There you go. So it does go on over quite a long period. So you should be able to uh, pick up this. I mean, Lady Gaga, I think, is playing on the 1st, and it goes all the way through to Katy Perry, who plays on the 30th of September. So over to the uh, the website uh get the application if you've got an apple, apple tv and as i say i'm pretty sure that the application is available on uh, uh on other devices as well so that's my pick bit bit um off the wall i suppose not an app pick but there you go 
No, it's do you? Cool. And it, at least one of those thirty evenings of entertainment must surely be to everyone's taste. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we go Lady Gaga, uh, the Lumineers, Paramore, uh, Elton John's in there, uh, Luci Ludovicio in. Yeah, I can't pronounce that <laughs> name. Thirty seconds, thirty seconds to Mars. I mean, there's all sorts in there. Kings of Leon, oh, tons, tons, must be, must be. Now Bart. Um, I'll, yes. I'll put you on the spot here. <laughs> do you well, have a pick? Way more than forty nine ninety nine. Okay, what have you got? Yes, but, okay, so my pick is Omnigraphle, and uh, if you need to do diagramming, I have yet to find a better app. Um, I regularly have to diagram up stuff, both in work and sort of in my you know podcasting life, you know. When I'm doing stuff for Allison's and the Silicast, a picture very often says a thousand words. And like this week, we're explaining the complexities of, you know, when you're using a VPN, where is your traffic protected and where is it not protected? And I could have tried to explain it all using only words, and it would have been a four hour podcast and no one would have understood the thing. Or I could just draw a few pictures. And with OmniGraphle, just drawing a few pictures is very quick. And the nice thing is, they don't look like they're very quick, they, they, they look really good. Um, Slight potential downside is that if you're the only person in work who knows how to use OmniGraphle, uh, people tend to come to you a lot when they need <laughs> diagrams, <laughs> which has happened. But at the same time, they always look great uh, when, when you're done with them. And it's, it's an app that's been around for a while and it's been evolving. I think we're in version 5 now and it just keeps getting better. Yeah, I must admit, I've heard uh, other people actually say how good OmniGraphle is as well. Uh, I don't really have a requirement to create diagrams, but uh, yeah, I, I've heard that that's a pretty good app. Yeah. Now, it's not cheap. So it's €89.99, Euro and 99 cent, um, which I'm imagining means that it's probably £70 or £79 or something like that. And dollar-wise, it could easily be ninety nine ninety nine. Okay, so you've got to have a requirement for it, but it sounds mm. like that's the one to have if you have any requirement for diagrams. Yes. Cool. Okay, I, I put out a quick tweet and a quick uh, push on Google Plus to see if anybody's got any people's picks because, um, you know, I, I, just, I just think it, it, it fills me a little bit numb when there's no people's pick. It's a bit sad. And you've responded as usual. Uh, Clive Hammett. Uh, other no, otherwise known as Truck Trekker, he's come up with Desconnect, um, which is free. Um, and the t- the description on the website says, "Ever tried sending a file from one device to another?" And it's talking iOS devices here, of course. Uh, Stop sending yourself endless e- endless emails with link- links and attachments. With Desconnect, it's easy to send anything and everything between your devices. And the link will be in the show notes, but it's basically Desconnect.com, and it is an app. So I think it's an app which you can get. I think. I'm right in saying it's an app that you can get for your Mac and also for your iOS devices. Yes, it is. That's correct. Um, and it's and for, Ken, Ken actually, unusually, Ken had an interview with the writer of this app on his regular Mac OS Ken this week. Did he? He did, which I was listening to like an hour ago. Well, no, not an hour ago. We were recording an hour ago. Two hours ago. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. There you go. So good pick then, Clive. Good pick. Um, and it's free, which is, you know, what's better than free? I suppose to be paid is better, but there you go. That's <laughs> um, your point of view, yes. <laughs> um, now, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, weep. 
guy, weep. Right. Yeah, I know. I know you're not a Facebook fan, but um, I go further. I've got to say, Guy's not a Facebook fan either. But um, And we had quite a, a, a laugh when we tried to push our Facebook numbers up to 100. And it went through the 100 <laughs> mark, and then it got up, and then it started dropping. <laughs> oh. So people were unliking us, or dying, I don't know which. or, well, or the latter. Or leaving. Or well, leave, you know, the former. No, no, the former. Like I, knew, I knew you meant the former. Um, or they're, of course, leaving Facebook, which is something a lot of people are doing these days. I've thought that. Yes, I know you do. <laughs> anyway, last time we told you, are you good people out there, that we're at 133. We're now at 135, and my bet that we're going to reach 200. Guy, if you're listening... It's still on, you know. It's still on. Did you set a time limit on this? Or is this just shh, reaching 200 shh, ever? Shh, shh, don't say that. Because <laughs> I think it was probably for the end of the year, so I'm probably not going to make it. I'm going to have to put out a, um, uh, a call to all of my friends on Facebook. I, I'm, I, I don't really use Facebook that much. But to be perfectly honest with you, Bart, it was most useful with my daughter who was in Fiji for eight months. Then... It yeah, I can see that useful. coming in. It became very yeah. useful. Okay, so everybody, if you'd like to do an iTunes review, that would be most fantastic. We don't, we don't actually understand why you listen to the show because our blabberings on. Although this week with Bart on has probably been one of the more informative shows that we've put out recently. Um, but if you'd like to do an iTunes review, remember tell us about it, and you could receive a wooty. Now, I, I've, I've only ever seen these wooties i've not actually received one myself as the proud owner of a wooty i highly recommend them (laughs) yes so if you do an itunes uh, review or you come on the show and that's something else uh, we're going to give you the contact details in a minute so just contact us and you you can come on and just tell us how you use your mac it doesn't have to be anything special you know just everyday usage is fine and you can have a chat and listen to the madness that is the the g-men on the my mac podcast so how would you contact us if you did want to do any of those things guy is on guy at mymac.com or you can contact him and i'm gonna wait and see if bart reacts at the end of this little piece but he may not twitter.com forward slash mac parrot oh there's a funny noise meant to go here that i just can't do ah! That, yeah, that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> or you can contact myself, gaz at mymac.com, or on the Twitters, twitter.com forward slash gazmaz, that's G-A-Z, Z, M-A-Z, Z, because that's what's so, that's because what Guy's is. not here, do I have to say Z to keep up the American <laughs> no, no, side? No, 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 and now he's finding himself using Z in his everyday language as well, which I think makes him look a oh, bit... Oh, wait, no, it's I say... Yeah, we say Z. Yes, Yeah. I had to say the alphabet in my head to come to that conclusion. You can also contact... You can also contact both of us on the Twitters by twitter.com forward slash Guy and Gaz. That's G-U-Y-A-N-D-G-A-Z. We always put out the feedback at mymac.com email address, though nobody uses it, but if you want to, it's there. And the famous, the unused, the dusty, (laughs) the cobwebbed, 
Skype number, which is plus one seven zero three four three six nine five zero one. I'll give you that number again just in case you didn't pick it up, because that's probably why you're not using it, folks. Plus one seven zero three four three six nine five zero one. You can, of course, send in audio clips by email as well if you want to. So, so when you ring that number, what happens? Do you actually get through to you guys, or is it just a voicemail service? Actually, it's just a voicemail. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think email's easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, now Bart, thank you so very much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. And if the people wanted to uh, see what you do or try and contact you over some form on the interwebs, how would they do so? Well, the easiest thing to do is to go to bartb.ie, because that means you don't have to spell my surname. And pretty much everything else means you would, and that's not a good idea. Now, now I spelt your name correctly, though, didn't I? You did, so you're one step up from Guy. Yes! <laughs> I don't have to go and do it out in semaphore for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, would you like to give your Twitter handle out? Or sure, it's at bbush, that's which someone can spell, but there's a link at bartb.e. So right on the sidebar, under the picture of me, is a link to my Twitter, my Flickr, my YouTube, all that kind of good stuff. I think my uh, G Plus is in there too. Super. And there's super. a contact me form, which when you go to it, you type stuff in, it comes to me. Excellent. Superb. Now, um, you see that little bit of writing in red under the little piece that you've just done? I think this is the very best, no wait, the best show. No, it's the very best show. I think this is the very best show I've ever done, and I'm good enough, smart enough, and doggone it, I think people like me. Wait, no, I can't even read. No, I'm very good at this. Can I have another go, please, teacher? No, no, too late, too late. All I'm going to say here is end.